What up? What up? Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Make sure you stay hydrated on Christmas with body armor. Today's show, Jared Zwirling, who has formerly worked with ESPN, Sports Illustrated, and Bleacher Report, stops by to chop it up with yours truly about his new venture, Close Up 360. Make sure you follow Close Up 360 on Instagram at Close Up 360. That's C L O S E U P 360. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. Combo Nation, we are out here. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe right on your Apple Podcast app. Let's get into it. How was Miami, man? How was our basil? Yeah, it was great. I, I was down there for, for, I just got back yesterday. I, was, I did three different shoots down there. Uh, I'm, from, I mean, I'm from Miami, so it's home. You know, I've seen Art Basel change since the day, first, first year I went down there. So, uh, and yeah, it was, it was great. It was an awesome way to see, see Art. It was dope events. Um, what, what exactly did you have going down there? What's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a documentary with Ronnie Cycli, Miami Heat legend. Uh, he's now an international house DJ, but his whole life is just really fascinating from growing up in Beirut, Lebanon, and, and then moving to Athens, Greece, and then coming uh, to the States, going to Syracuse University, and then becoming the first ever Miami Heat draft pick in 1988. Uh, he has right. a, just an incredible life and journey, and um, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, your fans are going to really see just all the stuff that he's doing, the impact he's had in Miami. Um, how unique he is in music and production and real estate uh, and business, even in, even in uh, working out. He works at, at LeBron's at LeBron's uh, gym in Miami, uh, Dwayne Wade's gym down there. Um, still competing in tennis, 53 wow. years old. Just a very fascinating. He might be the coolest middle-aged man in the world. <laughs> and then um, I did a shoot with Josh Richardson, uh, Miami Heat submerging star, leading scorer now, around 20 points per game. Uh, we did a shoot with him in Wynwood, which is a very popular art, artsy district, uh, up-and-coming artsy district of Miami. Um, we went to one of his favorite restaurants, and that was great. And then we went to Dwayne Wade's sneaker event with Lee Ning, Way of Wade. Um, there was there's a, there's a boutique down there called the Edition Boutique down in and around Wynwood, and they did a special Art Basel event uh, for one of his new sneaker releases with Lee Ning. And uh, there was some really cool art. And uh, they actually had augmented reality where Wade uh, they, all, they had all these photos from the Miami Heat's intro video in the arena, and they had photos around the walls. And he would put up an iPad in front of each of those photos, and the, the, the photo would actually move on the iPad screen. So he was just blown away. Josh Richardson was there, Udonis Haslam. So it was a very special, special way to, to celebrate Wade. And Wade loves art. He's always involved with Art Basel. His stylist, Kaylin Barnett, is one of the more unique personalities in the industry. So they do a lot of cool artsy type of things. So yeah, it was it was a cool week, very interesting week. Art Basel is, um, you know, all over Miami. It's uh, crazy, but it was fun. It's interesting what's going on in Miami because I mean their team isn't the greatest, but it's kind of like a farewell tour for like D Wade. So it's kind of like cool what's going on in Miami and him just going to all these cities and playing his last games. I think it's cool. 
Yeah, you know, there's so much uh, flavor in Miami. You know, if you, you obviously if you've been there, you know the city, the Latin yeah. influence. It's like a it's like a party all the time. You know, not only is it ways last season, but just the entertainment around the, the Miami Heat is like a spectacle in itself. You know, they have the Miami Vice court down. They have the Miami Vice jerseys. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. There's a lot of actually at the, air, at the at the airport, I actually seen like a really nice Miami Heat store, and they had and like half of their stuff was like in that blue pink you know fashion like it wasn't that old red and black anymore it was more like that real miami vibe and yeah the store you know yeah no they're partying for, they're partying for weight all year man it's just it's weight it's the city of miami this the arena's running the water there near the cruise ships it's just beautiful they have parties after the games uh you know and miami is expanding as a city you know winwood the design district midtown there's so many more lounges bars uh, places to hang out. So it's just a celebration every night. Our Basel is definitely a spectacle, but it's just, there's just so much growth down there. And when Wade came to the Heat in 2003, you know, that's, that, was, that was a big reason. That was sort of, it sort of correlated with the growth of the city of Miami. So for the last 15 years, not only did Wade have an incredible career, the city of Miami has really grown up with him around him. So pretty interesting. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to tie in when I was a kid watching ESPN to what you do now in a way. So when I was a kid, you know, I used to uh, eat my Frosted Flakes and watch my TV. And uh, my mom and dad used to try and drag me out of the room. But in today's day and age, like, kids don't consume content like that anymore. You know, they're on their phone all day. And is that – it's kind of a two-part question. Do you think ESPN and these big networks will be able to survive through this? And is that the reason why you kind of starting to do your own thing, starting close up 360? Well, the thing with ESPN and most media outlets now, it's all about – or I should say a lot of times it's about the media personality. ESPN right. brand, brands itself on Stephen A. Smith and all the personalities. So it's all about the individual who's a media personality. And then even with Twitter now, NBA Twitter is one of the most popular ways to consume NBA content. I mean, even during a game or uh, during an NBA Finals game or during the draft or free agency. I mean, Twitter is just nonstop. There's, and a lot of the content you see is through – Trying to people, people trying to become personalities, like they're trying to be funny, silly, you know, right. add their own spark to it. But with our brand, it's all about the player. We don't, we don't put any of us in the videos. We don't put any of us, you know, except for a byline on the story. But beyond that, it's all about the player. So really, we're in this world of of media personalities and and trying to be cute and clever and fluff and sensationalized. We do long form documentaries, long form features on all players. You know, we're we're really a, a player community around off the court and, and the deepest way to tell their, their story off the court. So, you know, that's how we sort of separate ourselves. You know, we're, we're always going to be like that. We want to be like that. Uh, we feel like there's a lot of value uh, in players off the court. You know, we feel as a brand that players are actually more impactful beyond the game than they are as basketball players. Our mantra right. is that our mantra is that a guy is a real estate investor who happens to play basketball. A guy is a, uh, uh, a, fa a fashion, you know, a person scenario who happens to play basketball. A guy is a, you know, um, uh, a musician who happens to play basketball. Like that, that's our mantra. That's how we work. That's definitely cool. Um, tell us, before we get up to Close Up 360, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about what led up to that. Like, where'd you work? Um, just your career. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, probably been in the game probably over 15 years. I started at the NBA, worked, I'll, I'll go quickly, you know. Uh, yeah, not, I know but, a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I started off at the NBA, worked in international marketing, helped the NBA grow globally. Uh, that was really a key time of the NBA around 2004. 
uh, with a lot more international players coming over. Uh, it was actually around the time Yao Ming came over in 2002. And then from there, I went to CBS Sports, worked on the uh, March Madness shows and NFL Today. And then from there, I went to Sports Illustrated Kids, did marketing there. Then I went to ESPN, the magazine, uh, and then ESPN High School, uh, the, the, the sort of the teen, uh, new teen version of ESPN. And then from there, I went to ESPN New York. I covered the New York Knicks uh, for four years. Uh, I was one of the beat writers. And then after that, got recruited to Bleach Report. Uh, I was one of the first uh, senior writers there, along with Rick Buecher, Howard Beck, Kevin Ding. Uh, great crew there. And then um, went to the players, uh, the NBA Players Association. Worked with Michelle Roberts, executive director. I worked uh, really as the first ever in-house writer for the uh, Players Union. Uh, did a lot of stories with different guys. A, a lot of their off-the-court work. And that was my that was my fuel, you know, for me throughout the throughout my career, I was always drawn to players as people. And, right. And I really fueled my career off that. Oh, after the player association, I went to Sports Illustrated. That was my last position before starting close up 360. And uh, you know, it was sort of a combination of what I love to do. I love to, to tell the, those deeper stories. I love to humanize players as people and all the things that they were doing beyond the game. And then the second was I was an entrepreneur by heart. I always dreamed of having my own entity. And it, it was a melting pot in many ways of what I love to do. I thought there was a brand, uh, a media platform that was lacking off the court. And the third is that this is basketball's time. Basketball is, it's like a hot new tech. It's like a hot new product. Right. Basketball is, it's a business. Basketball is the most popular business right now from a sports standpoint in this, in this country and with a major global reach. So it was trying to blend all those three things together and create a, a true off-the-court media platform in, in a very unique way. It must be a fresher breath there for the for the players to be able to really share their story and not only talk about basketball, which they probably have to talk about 24-7. They're always getting asked about it. To talk about, you know, what's going on actually in life, you know, out, off, off the court. Absolutely. Another thing, too, it's the role players. It's the journeyman. It's the, uh, the underdogs. Right. It's the international players. It's the guys overseas. You know, everyone can talk about Steph Curry and – LeBron and a lot of the top 25 guys, but there's so many other players. Uh, and that's why we're really a player community off the court. And there's so many guys that are making an impact off the court in their hometown through community work or business or fashion or style or just an interest or, or interest or hobby they may have or something that they do globally. So for us, it's, it's tapping into, you know, we want to tell great stories. You know, we, we, we don't want to force it. We don't want to ever just, you know, you know, a player is available for 10 minutes. Hey, guys, you want to talk to him? But we want, we want to do right. it right. We want to do it right. We want to find the right story. But, uh, you know, there's so many role players out there that have just incredible stories of their, of their journeys and their lives off the court and what they're working on. So we want to be able to tap into that as well. Right. Five. Uh, I wanted to talk about mental health a little bit. Like five, ten years ago, I think if a player would say he's depressed, they, you know, the stigma might be he's soft or he's crazy. But Kevin Love's doing – you know, he, he's kind of changing that stigma. He's like on the forefront of that. Can you speak to that? I mean, you know, so many guys go through things. Um, I mean, there is a few players that we're working on right now that have dealt with depression. And that's, right. I don't want to name their names right now, but we are working on some stories right now that will tap into that. Um, there's one prominent name that was a high draft pick a couple years ago who's been dealing with depression. Um, you know, it's just um, – it's the most competitive world. You know, imagine you go to work. Like, I, you know, when we go to work, we don't really know what the next person's making next to us. We don't really know what the salaries are. But you walk into a locker room, you know, that person's making $5 million, That guy's making $30 million, That guy has a secure contract. I mean, the average career is three years. 
you know, the, the salaries are very tough to get really at a max level. You know, there, there's just so much, you know, it's a fun job, of course, you know, uh, five-star hotels and, and catered uh, meals and, and private jets and, you know, girls, and all, you know, they, they have everything they want, right. but that, that could only be but even, but, two, but, two years, you know, two, three years. That's even, it. You know, so. Yeah, and even with the private jets, man, traveling like that is crazy. I don't care how you're flying. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. It is crazy the way they travel for sure. Absolutely. No, it's insane. And with the window, uh, the window of just trying to be successful is so tight that you got to put your whole life into this short window to make money and to provide for your family not to mention your whole community. Some of these guys, when they're coming out of the hood or the projects where they are, they're representing their, their community. You know, they're the, they might be the most successful person out of their, uh, their block off their street, out of their neighborhood. So, you know, the pressures and, and demands, and we don't really think about that kind of stuff, but you know, it's, it's really a lot. And, um, you know, it's easy to glorify the superstars, but there's a lot of guys that are going through, issues you know even even we've, i've talked to guys before and when they have like three games in a row and they're, and they're not playing well man like there's somebody coming up right to take their spot and you know some of the guys are looking down the bench like oh you know that guy's gonna play ahead of me and then next yeah. thing you know boom you know take over uh hopefully you know the, the stigma could change and we could help everybody that needs it for sure uh speaking of interesting stories you had a chance to fly to lithuania uh got to cover the ball brothers what was that experience like for you yeah i mean first of all very desolate i i flew into vilnius uh, i have a friend out there uh, i flew into vilnius and i stayed there which is a beautiful city especially uh, during the holidays it's actually the number one rated christmas tree in all of europe uh, oh wow yeah I, my friend just sent me a photo of it it's absolutely brilliant the, the downtown better, city better than better than rockefeller center oh yeah yeah it blows it away <laughs> they have all okay, these okay. crazy like uh, I don't even know what it looks like, and they do they do all these like crazy light displays. But you'll I can send you a photo. But uh, okay. but when you fly out to where I'm sorry, when you drive out to where they were in a small city uh, called uh, uh, Priene at the time, it, I mean it was farmland. There was nothing to do except for this one hotel where they had the press conference. So it's like an hour and a half drive west from Vilnius, the capital. So that that was uh, surreal to be in this small little town, you know, covering a, a international event. Um, you know, that was such a long time ago. Now it's crazy. It's almost a year now I was out there. I was out there in December last year through January. And so, um, you know, what I can tell you, though, is that Lithuania is the most underrated country in Europe for basketball. It's one of the few countries where basketball is the number one sport. Uh, the arena there in Kaunas, uh, which is where Arvidas Sabonis made his name and other players have come through there. Um, you know, it's an incredible arena. It's almost brand new. It looks brand new. It's about five, six years old and uh, 22,000 fans. I mean, it's rocking, man. It's like one of the most yeah. exciting places for basketball. So Lithuania is, if you love basketball, I mean, you really want to see like a European country for great basketball. It might not be the, the most competitive like like Spain, but from, right, you know, right. from an environment and youth grassroots and all that, it's, it's really special out there. So I played overseas for many years, and I know how it is. It's, it's almost there's so much idle time, you know. What were they doing out there, really? I know it was a big. It must have been a big transition for them. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, not too much. I mean, Vilnius has a nice nightlife a little bit. Connors is a little quieter, but definitely okay. Vilnius is is a, is a really fun place. Um, I, I can't, you know, it, it's such a hard thing to know like what guys do because it's it's really yeah, desolate yeah. And, and so cold. Like right now, it's you know, 15 degrees. My friend just sent me a photo. It's snowing right now as we speak. So 
it's oh, very, man. very, and not to mention the, the, the people out there, it's very calm. It's quiet. Like even when you're in a, in a shopping mall, you can hear, you can hear like a pin drop. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, it's a very peaceful place, beautiful place. Beautiful. I recommend if you go out there, go to a city called uh, Trike. It's um, about an hour outside Vilnius and it houses a, a very famous um, um, castle on an island and it's absolutely beautiful. The water is as still as, as ever. And you walk over a bridge and there's like, there's this gorgeous castle. It's called uh, Trike. But beyond that, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of history. It's a lot of history. It's a lot of, you know, great, great, great food. Um, but uh, Vilnius is where it's at though. That's where, that's where the nightlife is at. I'm sure it was a great experience for them off the court, you know, just seeing something different than California. Um, I know they travel around the States a lot, obviously for basketball, but it's just a great experience for a young kid to see the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, actually, one guy, uh, Ben Udra, who played in the NBA for 12 years, won uh, two rings with the Spurs. He actually played there last year uh, for Connors, um, the same team that, like I said, Arvidas Sabonis played. So he was out there for a few months and um, they went to the yearly um, Final Four. Uh, so I, I think Fenerbahce won this year, but they played against, I, I believe uh, Connors played against Seska Moscow. But it's right. exciting. Like I said, they're a very good basketball team. Connors is one of the top teams in the, in the EuroLeague. Um, so, so question. So the, the Ball Brothers, what league were they playing in? Were they in that top league? No, they weren't. They were in the B League. I don't remember the exact okay. name of that, but it was, right. it, was the, it was the B League. Did you get any interest from that top league? As much as, as much as Europe is not the NBA, it's still really competitive out there. And so teams are, you know, especially with the game that's so global now and uh, – you know, teams are growing their, their enterprise, you know, on the youth level, the grassroots level. So right. with that being said, because a lot of uh, teams saw it as more of a mockery, more of a joke, they didn't uh, take, they didn't take yeah. the situation that seriously. And the guys, the, the brothers played okay. I mean, not to mention they were playing against B-level, you know, uh, players. Yeah. So, so it wasn't the highest league. So I think it was, it was just viewed like that, like a spectacle more than an actual basketball move. And, um, you know, they were right. You know, one of the, the Lamella was now in high school again. So, yeah, I noticed in Europe, it's way, it's, it's a lot more traditional. It's all about the wins and loss. I think probably in a place like China, it'd probably be easier for them to get a job in the top league. You know, some, a place where like they just want to put fans in the seats and it's more about fandom. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that it was one of the more unique stories ever in international basketball. It was the first time that, that so many, so much media from around Europe came. It descended upon Lithuania for this. Um, you know, I can't remember a time in the last 15, 20 years that an American player generated so much interest. Even during the lockout in 2011, there wasn't media clamoring to go talk to J.R. Smith or Kenyon Martin or those guys in China. Uh, you know, the press, the press was press talked about right, it, but right. not to the degree, not, not to the degree of, you know, once I wasn't there for this, but when they landed at Vilnius Airport, I mean, geez, like just TMZ was even there and all these. American media, even ESPN, it was different. It was definitely different, man. Yeah, you know, from my point of view, when I look at the ball brothers, I think Lonzo is almost underrated. Melo is is probably, might have the most potential, and Jello is is underrated too, man. He's he's a good player. Who do you think ten years from now will end up being the best ball brother? Well, I think Lonzo, just because he's currently playing with LeBron James, and the knowledge he's soaking up and everything he's going to experience this season will be so valuable. Not to mention. LeBron's not on a final tour like Kobe or Dwayne Wade. So LeBron's going to be in L.A. for a few more years, easy. So have at least, you know, two, three, four years maybe of, of LeBron training. So 
Um, that's that's just that's just a guarantee to me. The other brothers are so young; they're they haven't had any really much high level experience yet. So, I think Lonzo's the easy answer on that one. I saw you did a story on Steph. Uh, the sneakers look nice, but I wanted to talk about Steph on the court a little bit, man. He he's hovering around 50, 50, 90. Yeah, uh, yeah. He could, he could he could be MVP again, man, and he could actually win a chip this year. If he does that, where do you put him, like, amongst the all-time great point guards? Steph is so amazing with how many points he scores in the minutes he plays. He's averaging 29 points a game in 33 minutes a game. You know, but, but that's the perspective. Yeah. It's just the way – I mean, if you watch a lot of his highlights, he scores in eight points in a row, six points in a row. So right. it's, it's so – and it, it was what's fascinating, too, is that you would think that an NBA defense – would know what to do now when he's coming down the court again, but they, they still can't stop him. Right. You know, that's what's amazing about Steph is that he knows how to pick you apart. Even if the other team knows what to have to stop him, they still can't do what he, what, what he's best yeah. at. I mean, and it doesn't hurt that he has uh, KD right. on one yeah. corner, yeah. Uh, KD on one corner and no, exactly. Floor. But for sure, you're right. Even when they're sitting out, he's, he's still, still killing. killing so. so you can't even say that. <laughs> you can't even say that either. So, um, yeah, man, what's in the future for close-up 360? Like, what's the North Star? What's your goal with it? Well, you know, the the right off the bat, we want to be the best off-the-court content platform, period, for around around NBA players, basketball players. Um, you know, we feel that it's just getting started. The NBA basketball, this is their time. This is the global time for basketball. Soccer is obviously number one. Uh, you can't compete with Ronaldo and Messi and those guys. But basketball and basketball players right. are – growing so uh, exponentially globally and there's so many more global events. So we want to just really tap into it really well, really global. We want to be the best off the court content platform out there through video, through, through written storytelling, through social media, all that stuff. Um, you know, right now we're just a multimedia platform. So we're web, social, YouTube down the road. We could see us doing off the court events. We can see us having an app. We can see us having merchandise, um, more of a global presence, to happen in more of the FIBA international world with the Olympics and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, those are some of the big goals, but right now we're very focused on extending our national network with NBA players and basketball players, really through the NBA first because the NBA season just started. And that's the biggest growth property, the NBA from uh, a social media standpoint, NBA players have overall more followers. So there's, there's business to be made there and the brands, uh, want to align right. themselves with NBA players. So we're very focused on the national network around the NBA, you know, with, with the opportunities for international expansion. That's the, the second phase of it because we know China and India, for example, are craving basketball content, uh, basketball knowledge, right. basketball players to come over there to visit in the summer. So it's an exciting time, but I think that's where we are right now. You know, we just launched six weeks ago. So, you know, for us, it's it's an exciting process to just create content. I mean, that's really building our brand, creating content as, as best we can off the court. That's really where we're at. Well, where could we find more information about close up and where can we find you on social media or anywhere else? Yeah, no, definitely. So close up 360.com. We're at youtube.com backslash CU360. And then our social media is pretty much uh, at close up 360 YouTube. I'm sorry, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. So that's where we're at. And then my personal is my name, Jared Zwirling. It's a ZW. E-R-L-I-N-G, kind of a tricky last name there. So I'm at Jared's Whirling, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the same. And um, yeah, no, appreciate, appreciate the love, man. It means a lot. Awesome, man. I'll be looking closely at uh, Close Up 360, no pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I really appreciate you being here. And, you, and you're always welcome back if you want to chop it up about, about basketball or anything. No, 
I really love it, man. Love it. it. Love it. Yeah. Anything we'll drop into maybe some big, big features, big doc. We have a big documentary coming out next week on Clampany early. Uh, we're ver- okay. Yeah. Great. I actually saw, I actually saw him in the gym the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, about, 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 about a month ago, he looked like he was sharp. Like he's, he's definitely could still play. Yeah. I'll yeah. He's that. playing. He was playing in the Dominican Republic for a little bit. Now he's playing in, in Japan. So, so good. That's a step up. That, that's a step up. He's on his way back up. Yeah. 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 So we're excited about that. We're dropping a, a big documentary next week. It's the, uh, December 30th is the three year anniversary of when he was robbed and shot. So, so we're oh, doing man. a really special, yeah, special story around his, um, what, what happened that night and just his journey back. So I really, I really, I really hope he makes it all the way back. That would be an awesome story. Yeah, man, definitely. He's got a ways to go. He'll be in Japan probably four, four months, I think six months, but I mean, he's, you know, he knows it's a long road back, but you know, he's young enough. Yeah. I think he's uh, 27 now. So he's still young enough to make, make, make it. He's young. He's he's young enough, and he has the NBA yeah. skills, man. That's for sure. You can't take you can't take that exactly, away. exactly. And plus, he played this summer with LeBron and James Harden, those guys at, at the uh, Sky Gym with Chris Brickley, trainer. So he did a lot of uh, pickup games there. Dope, man. Dope. Um, yeah, man. You're always welcome back. Let's talk Thank soon, Jared. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Anytime. Cool, man. Later. There it is, episode 37. Hope you enjoyed the show. Shouts to Jared for joining in. Merry Christmas, everyone. If you listen to this episode in its entirety, leave the word Santa in the comments section of your Apple podcast app. Also, let me know how you feel about the show, man, right on the comment section. Share this episode, man. Share it with your friends. Subscribe. All that good stuff, man. Appreciate the continued support. Appreciate all my listeners around the world, man. You guys are the best. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Be on the lookout for episode 38. Combo out.